Hello, 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 my beautiful therapists. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are flossing once a day and going on a walk and telling your dog how wonderful they are. I hope all good things for you. I am currently at week two of Healthy Living. Um, I've been taking seven-mile walks, not all at once. I've been taking two separate walks that equate to seven miles um, every single day for the last week. And I'm on week two now, and I feel good. I've started incorporating HIT classes, high-intensity interval training, and oh my god, my whole body is dead. I just, I want to die. I'm also participating in some really fun activities. It's like staff versus fifth graders, and tomorrow's kickball. (laughs) My body hurts so bad, but I am always always down to compete in anything. I am such a competitive type A person at sports and nothing else. I don't care about literally anything else, but when I play a sport, oh, you're going to die. That's my, <laughs> that's my mentality. But yeah, I wanted to jump on here and just talk a little bit. I, um, I recently sold two pairs of pants. I finally let them go emotionally and physically from my life. These pants are dream pants. You put them on and they immediately make your butt go from like, eh, to amazing. And I bought them last year around this time. And I won't even say the sizes because it doesn't matter. But the first size, I was like, okay, it's a little tight, but I like it. It's cute. It's fun. It's fresh. And so I would like wear them all the time. And I was really excited about it. Um, And then... I was noticing that they were getting a little too tight, and I was like, okay, I'll just go up one size. And they were comfy at first, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are so cute. And then, like, you know when your pants are so tight that they leave deep indentations on your skin? That started happening, and I was like, ooh, maybe not. Maybe not that. That's not cute. That's not the vibe that I'm going for. So, um... Those are actually the pants that made me discover that I was no longer a very tiny size. And then recently, I bought a pair of pants thinking, oh, it's the same company. Like, they're fantastic. I should just buy them, like, one size up from those pants. Because now that I'm losing weight, like, these pants will fit me perfectly. Nope. Could not get them past my calves. So I'm selling these pants. My overalls also don't fit. And I love my overalls. They were so cute, but they can't fit over my fucking thunder thighs. And it is devastating. I'm very frustrated by the whole thing. I <laughs> I loved those overalls. I only got to wear them once. And then they stopped fitting. And like, yes, it's a great thing. I'm building a lot of muscle. I'm toning a lot of things. My butt is getting huge from all the workouts I'm doing and all the walking I'm doing. And I'm taking care of myself. It's not like I'm going back into my bulimia or like overeating sugar. I haven't even drank a soda in over two months. Like I'm doing really well. And those pants just don't fit my body. 
and that's okay. And I just have to figure out what size I am in pants again, which sucks because I could have sworn I knew and now I don't. So I bought some pants today from ThreadUp, which this isn't an ad. I'm not sponsored. I should be, but I'm not because I buy so much shit from them. Um, but I just bought, I think it's like two or three, two pairs of jeggings. I wanted to be safe. I wanted to be on the safe side. And I was like, jeggings, those are acceptable. So they're stretchy. And I bought them in a middle size, like not quite what my measurements say, but also like, I'm not being stupid anymore. And I'm not pretending like I'm going to be the same size that I was when I was 18. So those are on the way just ordered them. They're supposed to be super cute. I hope that they actually fit. And I also bought like a sweater and a t-shirt because your girl loves a good sweater and a t-shirt combo. And it's also freaking cold here. It's been June gloom, but in May and it's so freezing and it's foggy and overcast every single day. And it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. But we do what we do. We do what we can, and we move forward from there. So, not sad on that. That's on the fashion front. <laughs> then just, like, world news slash, like, things that make me uncomfy. Um, as of last week, there's been a lot of tension and now violence in Israel and the Gaza Strip. And... I had to delete my Instagram and Twitter apps off of my phone because I just can't watch it. I can't see something that's so horrible and so destructive and terrifying that like my family and friends are going through. I can't watch that and not be affected by it. And then having friends make their own political comments and it does cut deep. And it shouldn't because it's like, I'm not, I'm not pro-Israel and I'm not anti-Israel. I'm just, I don't get why this specific country is so politicized when there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world that should be politicized, but it's just blatantly ignored by media. But when it's Jews versus Arabs, it becomes interesting. Or noteworthy. And that pisses me off a lot. And I don't want to be a part of it. And I am politely saying goodbye. Because (laughs) that's just. That's not something that I'm ready to have a conversation with the world. And so I deleted those apps. And I walked away for a minute. And honestly I feel amazing. Like I do miss the social aspect of social media, like I miss interacting with people. But at the same time, I'm I'm not in the headspace where I can talk about these things. And like, nobody at my work has brought it up to me, thank God, because I don't know how I would have handled it. And it's just... <laughs> It's not an easy conversation. And I have family in the game. I have my, like, an entire half of my family that have to deal with this. And 
they don't like what's happening either. And it is really toxic. And the way that the media is biased, it's either you're extremely pro-Israel and they've done nothing wrong, or they are demonic figures and they need to be destroyed because of colonialism. And it's like, we can all have our own opinions of what is happening politically there. But to write a narrative that an entire country is colonists and savages for the way that they're acting, I dare you to go to England and go up to the poorest working class neighborhoods and tell those people that they are also colonists. Or go to literally South Africa, where there is a literal apartheid. Go to Australia, where they are murdering indigenous people, the aboriginals. Go to anywhere in South or Latin America and look at the destruction that was caused by the United States and Britain that is ongoing, that will continue to be ongoing, that has created immigration problems in the United States that are highly politicized. And, like, why aren't you taking down any of those governments or speaking out against any of those people? Because I have a better say of what goes on in the United States than I do in Israel. And my English friends have a better say of what's going to go on in England than I do. And my Israeli friends and family, they, they grew up in a different world than I did. I will never understand what it was like to be them growing up. Constantly losing your friends in wars that nobody asked for, that were proxies for the United States and Russia during the Cold War. And then being told that you have to fight in these wars when you're 18. And you watch neighborhoods get taken out. And this is true for Palestinians too. They watch homes being destroyed. Their families are murdered. There's constant police forces. That's traumatic. (laughs) That is ultimate trauma. And it doesn't need to be this way. But I am not a politician. I am not a human rights activist. I have a history degree that focuses on the United States colonialism and Latin America. That's it. I did not study the Middle East for a very specific reason, and it was because of conversations revolving around Israelis and Jews. And I could not handle the anti-Semitism that was being talked about in these college classes because a lot of people were like, "Mm, it's just you. So, (laughs) sorry, that was like a tangent, but I just... I can't be involved in it. I cannot be involved in that conversation because it hurts. It hurts physically. It hurts emotionally. It hurts mentally because you have to wrap your mind around this issue that has been ongoing for the last hundred years and nobody's been able to solve it. And then also for it to come at a time where Benjamin Netanyahu is the prime minister of Israel, he's under investigation for embezzlement and fraud 
And the entire Knesset is like in shambles right now because they just can't figure out what they're doing and everybody's against each other and it's conservative versus liberal versus Arab versus whatever. And you're now seeing that it's all unified if it's against Gaza and against the West Bank. Which is ridiculous. There's so much to unpack here. And I am not smart enough to unpack it. And I don't want to. Because I can't do anything about it. If Israel were to be blown off of the map, that would be the worst case scenario because of all of this violence. But it's probably going to happen based solely on the inability for two countries to communicate with each other, work together, and have a peaceful resolution. So that's that on the political stuff, because I just, I can't, I cannot, I am tired. I am, I'm tired. I am tired. But in other news, God help me. Um, I've been talking to my mom a lot about the stuff that kids say at my school and just the manipulation that they use against their parents and against adults to get what they want. And I can't like give specifics because obviously children are entitled to privacy, but I'll give like vague examples. So there are several kids on our campus currently who are telling their parents that, like, essentially, they're going to lie at the gate screening, because all of our schools, you get screened at the gate with a temperature check, and they ask you, like, have you been coughing, sneezing, runny nose, sore throat, diarrhea, vomiting, Um, have you been in contact with anybody that's tested positive for COVID in the last 10 days, et cetera, et cetera. And it sucks. But there's kids that are telling their parents that if they bring them to school, they will tell the teacher that they're sick so that they don't go in. And they're manipulating their parents in this way. So their parents, like, call the school and they're like, we don't know what to do. And so my principal is a badass. And she was like, hmm... Bring them in, and we were we're gonna do a rapid test on them. So we're gonna jam something into their nose full force and figure out if they have COVID or not. And if they test negative, they have to be at school. They don't have an option anymore. And I just chef's kiss, amazing, ten out of ten, love that. It's a necessity. It's it's a necessity. <laughs> it's a necessity. I think it's amazing. I think that it is the most badass way to deal with this issue. So we're doing that now. And then there's kids. This is another issue. There's kids who are manipulating their parents. Their parents are like divorced. And they'll say like, oh, well, my mom doesn't let me do this. So she's abusive. And then they tell their dad that their mom is abusive and crazy. And... Then they get into these huge legal arguments and whatever, and the kid just wants to go with dad because dad has cable, dad has HBO Max, dad has 
internet access. Dad has better food or junk food. And it's so manipulative that we've actually had to get police involved to explain to these kids that they're being spoiled fucking brats. And it amazes me how we've empowered children to a point where now they're manipulative little assholes and they're playing chess with adult systems and they have no idea what long-term repercussions are going to happen from it because that part of their brain doesn't develop until they're 22. Understanding long-term effects and consequences doesn't happen until you are 22. Oh my God. Like, are you kidding me? Why did we empower kids? Like, I know we should empower kids because like, we don't want kids being assaulted sexually or physically or mentally but then you have these kids who are actually completely fine and they're using these systems against their parents and against the school and against police and it's like what do you what do you think is gonna happen they don't think more than one step ahead honestly here's my argument I think that we should enforce children to learn chess at like six years old because then they have a game where they literally have to think about the consequences of their actions and you have to think three to five steps ahead and you have to get into the other person's mind of where are they going to move and if they move there what's going to happen and then what would happen if I do that and then they do that I think that we just need to start teaching kids how to play chess. That's not going to solve it because you have to teach empathy and sympathy and you have to teach consequences and you have to teach being a better person. But that's just not happening right now. There's one girl though. She's been a brat. She's been a huge brat. And I can't stand her. And she's only 10. And I'm like, why can't I stand a 10-year-old? And it's because she's so disrespectful and rude that, like, it's impossible to be around. Like, I've had to tell her, like, I need you to get away from me because you make me upset. Like, go over there. Get away from me. And it's just wild. It is wild. So that's been fun. Um, (laughs) Naomi fighting children part one. (laughs) But yeah, that's just that's where I'm at. Um, Anything else? Still no boyfriend. Not even close to a boyfriend. Not even dating anybody. Not seeing anybody. I don't even have a crush on anybody. That's how boring I am in the love department. I have like no I have nothing exciting going on in my world right now. I think I have plaque psoriasis in my scalp, but that's not fun, nor is it exciting. It's just a bummer. What else? Oh, I've been cooking a lot of HelloFresh. Um, it's not, it's not life-changing, but it is helpful to have like the little placards that have the recipes and like what you need and exactly how much you need and they give you the exact amount. And that's nice. I appreciate that. Um, I actually had to cancel it, though. There's, 
I'm fine with customer service that's like delayed, but I'm not fine with a lack of apology. So I ordered HelloFresh and it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be so good. It was supposed to be these veggie burgers that were plant-based protein, like crumbles, and you make it into like a sloppy joe kind of style. And I was so excited to make it. And HelloFresh didn't pack the freaking plant protein. So all I was left with was sauce and buns and a red onion and potato wedges. That was it. And I was like, mm, that's not a meal. Like, it's missing the number one thing that I needed. And so I called them and she refunded the entire meal. But, like, the girl on the other line, like, I could hear her dog in the background, which is already, like, number one thing, unprofessional. But, like, it also was her just being like, mm, sucks. And I was like, okay, like, you could at least say, I'm so sorry that that happened. Like, that's really unfortunate. I'm going to refund your meal. And, um, like, I again, I apologize. Like, just a simple apology would have been really beneficial and they would have kept me as a customer. But because she didn't even, like, think to say that, she was just like, whatever, I, like, refunded your meal, anything else? And I was like, no, I guess not. It just, that's that kind of stuff that pisses me off. Because it's like... I would love to have a customer service job. I do have a customer service job. My job is essentially customer service, but my product is children. And it just blows my mind because I apologize all the time for the inconveniences that I cause or that like the school causes every single time I apologize. And what sucks is that Nobody else apologizes. <laughs> and they just, ugh, they don't train customer service anymore because it's so entry level. But it's not. It's something that needs to be taught. You have to teach people how to deal with others. And it shouldn't even be like a job requirement. It should just be a life requirement. Everybody should learn how to problem solve and be apologetic and take ownership of problems and say like, huh you're right. I did make a mistake. That is on me. I'm so sorry that that happened. It's not hard. It's just needs to be trained. So HelloFresh, you're on my list. I actually un- I deactivated my account with them because I was so sick and tired of not being respected. And it's like not cheap. <laughs> so whatever. And I'm going to camp in three weeks. So really not necessary um and yeah that's it for today I think I think that's all I needed to get off my chest um thank you so much for listening all I think it's eight people (laughs) all eight of my friends and family that listen to my podcast appreciate you you're wonderful and um these are just things I'll tell my therapist Bye bye